49ers fans, it's 49ers fan girl Tracy, joined as always with SoCali Steph. Hi, Steph. Hey, how are you doing, Tracy? I am good. How are you doing? Good. Um, we're recovering from the draft and all the work we did. <laughs> yes. Trying to scout. <laughs> but other than that, yeah, it's looking good. And the 49ers look like they have a lot of good prospects. Yes, they really do. And they look, I think we something we talked about a lot before the draft was that Obviously, this was John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan's first one, and it would give us an idea kind of of the vision they have for the team and, and a clear understanding of what they're trying to do, and I think this draft really did that. I, I Obviously, it remains to be seen. It'll take a little time to see how the picks all turn out, but I give them a, an A thus far. Yeah, I do too. I mean, to be honest with you, one of my frustrations with um – the former regime was that I felt like they never really gave us a clear direction as far as what they wanted to do. I think that with, you know, what Lynch did and what he did with the draft, him going out, grabbing players that he wanted, and some of them I didn't quite understand, but I liked that he had a direction and he didn't really care about mm-hmm. getting a, whoever, you know, was the so-called best pick at that you know, round, he wanted certain players and he was willing to move up or down to get those players. And that clear direction is something that the 49ers really need. They need a leader in that way. And I felt like he really set the tone. And I think a really good example of that would be CJ Beathard. Like this was a person when they made the pick that I think everyone was like, who, Uh, what (laughs) (laughs) is, isn't Peterman still on the board? What's going on here? But then um, soon after they made that pick, we had the opportunity to go talk with um, Lynch and with Coach Shanahan. And then you heard Kyle Shanahan talk about him, and it was like, oh, no, this is exactly who they wanted. It's a, he has a very specific reason for wanting him. He didn't sit down and say, yeah, this is going to be our starting quarterback. He said, this is a guy that needs to develop. It's going to take a couple of years, but I want him for this reason, that reason, this reason. I was looking for him. This is the guy I want. And it was very clear they knew exactly what they were doing. And I think as a fan, that gives you a lot of hope and understanding that maybe it's not who you would have picked and maybe it's not who anybody you have heard of before. But when you hear the coach give us an explanation like that, you're like, okay, but he knows what he's doing, and so I trust that. Right, and then before it would just be, I mean, Balky would make a pick and we, you know, we're like, okay, you know, and then there would just be no, like, rhyme or reason to it, there was no explanation. The fact that Lynch and Shanahan were able to articulate that to fans, I think, wins me over a lot. Like, I didn't get it. I was, I didn't even know who he was. (laughs) So I was just (laughs) sort of like, okay, like, but then, um, but then after hearing, uh, you know, he, he convinced me that that was the right pick at round three. Well, when you listen to Kyle Shanahan talk about football, you really get, this guy knows what he's talking about. It it just kind of, you just trust him. Like he just, he really knows what he's talking about. So I, at least for now, I really trust any decision he makes. And I also trust that he has a better understanding of what he's doing than I do. Um, And there's a reason he's coaching the team. So um, I think <laughs> that's, that is my feeling on that. No, no offense to myself, but um, and, and so I think that gives um, a lot of hope. And I think and Lynch just really he he knows what he's doing. He's prepared. He he understands like what he's doing. He definitely has a vision. Um, even when we talked to him a few days before the draft, and he'd made a comment 
about how the day before, which I believe was the Sunday before the draft, after all of the work, he felt like, okay, I'm ready. I am ready to go. And listening to all the work that he put in and everything he did, and I was like, he is ready. And he really had a fabulous draft for his first time as a GM, especially, but what a draft. I mean, there are some longtime GMs who did not have drafts even close to that, and there's some longtime GMs that had terrible drafts. And here he comes in first time and really knocks it out of the park, not to mix our sports metaphors, but he really did. Yeah, I mean, he he acquired a lot of coveted players in the draft, and he did it in really good selections. I think he had nine absolute perfect picks. I mean, they were all grade A, and I'm, you know, I'm in love with a few of their pick, the picks that they had, and I think it's really interesting, you know, obviously the trade down that was heard across the world, you know, mm-hmm. one pick. I think that was just outstanding, and I don't know how he actually arranged that or what, but that, you know, that, that was some pretty, um, you know, intensive, you know, haggling there to get all of that for one trade down so you know it it was impressive on a lot of on a lot of ways and and I think too that he deferred in the right way like when he he didn't have you know certain picks on his board but when Shanahan wanted somebody he went out and got anything he wanted and I like that he's willing to work in tandem with Shanahan some GMs are like no this is what I'm doing and they they're like this is my this is my what I do is I get the talent, you coach. But I like that he deferred to the coach on some of these picks. Maybe it's not something he would want, but he was able to, you know, really work with it and, I, and get Shanahan the, the players that he wanted and needed. And I asked him at the end of the draft, I asked him how much he felt he improved the team over the last three days. And he felt, obviously, that he did improve it tremendously. And then he also said, which is so true, he improved the future of the team, too. Because, or they, he, he said they, improved the future <laughs> of the team as well. Because now they have all those picks next year, high picks, that he was able to trade for. So right. I think we all know this team is not, this is not a team that was one player away from the Super Bowl. So this team is not <laughs> competing for the Super Bowl. This team is not really even competing for a playoff spot. And I don't. I'm not being negative. I think just just being realistic. But what he's done is start to build a core football team. And then next year, after, they're probably most likely going to be better. And then they could sign a couple flashier free agents. And then they have, I believe, an extra second and extra third round draft pick. So they right. really, really are building for the future of this team. And that shows a clear vision as well. It's just not all about, I'm just going to draft these players and put them out there and we're going to be good. Like they know what they're dealing with. There's a realistic, that's the other thing that I think is very true, at least in this new regime that maybe was missing before was realistic expectations. Um, And this regime knows what they're dealing with. They know what it's going to take. They know it's going to take some time, but that's how you have to be. I think part of the problem of the past was the hubris and lack of realism that, you could take these subpar football players and put them out there and just, it'll be fine. Um, yeah, and we don't see 100%, that anymore. Yeah, 100%. And I think one of the things that was also lacking was the chemistry of it all. And I think that's something that Lynch and uh, Shanahan are considering. I think mm-hmm. that there was a couple times that I felt like even the couple of years back, and I remember our famous eight and eight. <laughs> 
<laughs> yes, every year. Speaking of lack of realistic expectations, you and I were very guilty of it, but we didn't run the team, so we were allowed. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, here we were. We're like, based on the talent and what we have here, it should perform better, and it didn't. And there's a lot of things that could be pointed out, coaching, but I really feel like chemistry is a big after and so you pick players that can work together and there's somebody that can take the lead and somebody that can do that I mean you can have all the talent in the world but if they don't play as a team they're gonna they're not gonna win games so I think that where they needed to get those players they were able to do it and um, I like the trades I like or the trade, I should say one trade, and then I liked also what he did in free agency, of course, and then also what he did as far as getting the undrafted, you know, free agents. I mean, that was big because it's you you get them from wherever you can, and I know that there was recently a cut, but other than that, you know, at least he's willing to cut where he wants and, and knows what he wants, and if somebody's not fitting or jiving into that scheme, then they're gone. And I think that goes also to what you just said about chemistry and what they're talking about in culture and um, football character, which is a term he's used, which I, I like that term. I like that term because, as Lynch said, you're not going to get a team of choir boys. You wouldn't be able to field a team. And, like, that's just realistic. That's realistic in football. That's realistic in life. So the idea that they're looking for guys with good football character doesn't mean that they can be bad people off the field, but it's, again, realistic as to what you're trying to build and to who you're trying to get. And I think we saw with cutting Cannon, you know, if it's not, if the chemistry isn't working, if your behavior isn't what they expect, you're out. And I think at the end of the day, that's what you have to do because it's true that one bad apple can ruin the bunch. Absolutely. So. And, and, you know, attitude is contagious. And if mm -hmm. somebody doesn't have the right attitude going in, especially the first day, you know, that like it's contagious and you don't want that to contaminate your team, so to speak. I mean, this is something that they're trying to do here and it's bigger than one guy. So it was a lot of money to walk away from, but at the same time, that was worth it. And I, I thought, you know, I, even just seeing how Cannon reacted after the fact, it really showed, um, that they probably made the right call. <laughs> so, you know, so it was, it's kind of interesting to see it, you know, obviously like hindsight's twenty twenty, but really, it really surprised me by the attitude and what was the retweeting and just seemed really immature and weird. <laughs> well, and I think that's where you have to trust that, you know, sometimes they do make decisions in an organization that as a fan, you don't understand, but you have to trust that there's a reason they make them. And, that they, it's kind of back to what I said earlier, that they know better than we do on a lot of things. And, you know, you kind of have to trust that. And clearly, I mean, he was only there like five minutes. So clearly something <laughs> was off. <laughs> so that's, I'm going to, I would trust that something was pretty off. <laughs> yeah, it had to be. I mean, it, it was so quick that something was uh, they reported. Definitely. Yeah, they reported Thursday. Yeah. <laughs> Cut on a Sunday. So... <laughs> <laughs> something uh, something was definitely not quite right there. Um, so uh, that was an interesting thing. But it does, I think, send a good message. And I know they said uh, when they released Tremaine Brock that it, wasn't, that it wasn't a message to the team and that you look at each situation differently. And I do believe that's true. But their actions are sending very clear messages. Like this is, 
you're going to have to behave. Like, you're not, no one's guaranteed anything. you got to work for it. Mm-hmm. And there's really, to be honest, there really isn't a player on this team, save maybe Joe Staley and Navarro Bowman, that is safe. That is like, you know, we don't have anybody on this team like a, um, I mean, this is a bad example because he's a good guy, but like J.J. Watt probably gets a lot more leeway than somebody else. Not that, I mean, J.J. Watt's a great guy, so he's not a great example, but we don't have players like that on the 49ers <laughs> right now. We just don't. So like really nobody is safe. <laughs> Save again, yeah. maybe Navarro Bowman and Joe Staley. And what I also liked, though, is the compassion that Lynch, you know, said on one of his conferences. And, you know, we know about the choir voice situation. And he and he basically said, you know, people have a lot of problems in their life. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is just the world we live in. You're not going to find somebody that is completely clean, you know, somebody that goes to church that is like, you know, some may do that and do all those things and be, you know, but... People have hard lives, and a lot of these, you know, footballers that are coming out of really bad situations, um, I look at Ruben Foster, I mean, I, I read a little bit about his history, and I couldn't imagine having a father in prison, and I couldn't imagine, you know, all the th- you know, having a child at 14, and, uh, you know, that's a hard life. But he's trying to get back into it. And I support that he has some compassion there and is willing to give some of these guys a chance. And, you know, I think they're on a leash. They're, they have a leash. And, uh, you know, and they have to earn that respect. And they have to earn their certain rights with Lynch. But he is able to, like, you know, compartmentalize it. Some of these guys, you know, have come from really bad situations. And they want a better life. And I think that if they create an environment to get... I know that they've actually, like, the 49ers created, like, certain support systems for these guys because it's not easy going from nothing to being a multimillionaire in a day, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's something that they have to learn. But I like that that he, you know, put in support systems for these guys and is willing to, like, do the work and make that journey with them. And another uh, great example of that is Joe Williams, who... You know, Lynch said when he heard that he had kind of walked away from his team, he felt like no chance. And then Shanahan mm-hmm. really pushed for him and talked about him. And then he went and learned more about his situation. And they talked to him, and he felt like he really was a good fit. And he said, "We have a we have a plan in place for him on and off the field to make sure that he's getting the right amount of support." And that that is a big thing because I think a lot of people it's support and guidance that helps you succeed right knowing that someone's got your back and there's someone on your side I mean he wants to succeed a lot of these guys want to succeed and sometimes they just don't know how and they don't have anyone to show them Uh, so if the team is able to provide that somewhat then I think you know that's very helpful and Joe Williams I think is you know a great example of that and he I think he has potential to be a really really good football player I'm excited about him yeah, and, and, you know, I'm not going to knock that because I'm all for, you know, people making changes. I You know, I want them to. I want them to live good lives, I you know, in general. You know, of course. In general <laughs> practice. You know, I don't, I don't want anyone to fail in life. I mean, gosh, you know, and even with Alden Smith and all the things that he went through, there, you know, I really felt for him at times because I really felt like he didn't have the things he needed. And, you know, he made his bad, you know, decisions and he sort of made his bed but at the same time you know 
I felt for the guy. Like, I was just, I felt sorry for him. And I think if they can correct it at this juncture versus two, three years down the road, that when they have a problem and then try to come back to it, that's that's just too hard. It's something you can't do. So I like that they're trying already and having things in place before, you know, they even start playing football. That's important because they know what they have and what they're going into. Instead of just pretending, oh, he's he's great now, everything's fine, and he's, everything's good. When they have these warning signals, as it were, they're taking care of it. And I think that's important Like it, because it was something that couldn't be rectified after a certain time with, like, Alden Smith. It was just too late. And, um, you know, I still wish the best for him. I hope he, you know, continues his career and still gets his life together. But it was a little too late when the 49ers finally started acting on it. I think that's very, very true. And I think her, Alden Smith is a heartbreaking story because I do feel like Alden Smith wants to be better. He just doesn't know how. I already I said this for a long time because the Dallas Cowboys um they actually got a babysitter of who was it? Um why can't I think of his name right now? But anyway, that was what I was thinking is like he needed like somebody to basically be with him twenty four seven. And a lot of these athletes, I know it's a weird thing for a lot of fans, but I've seen it, you know, in real life. They actually have some keepers, you know? Mm-hmm. They have people that watch out for them because you need someone at some time to be like a friend and mm-hmm. say, hey, I think you've had enough to drink. <laughs> or, mm-hmm. hey, you shouldn't get behind the wheel. <laughs> Let me do it for you. 100%. So they have these little keepers, as it were, you know, and um, a lot of athletes do. And it's not a bad idea for somebody that needs, you know, a little bit positive reinforcement. And I always thought that Alden Smith was one of those guys that could have used um, somebody to just be like, hey, let's uh, let's take a cab, or let's not go in here. And then they're seeing something escalate at the airport, you know, yep. be able to talk him through that and say, hey, you know, you don't have to argue here. Let's just move on, you know. That's the kind of thing you need, you know. And, um, you know, I always thought in Texas, you know, Dallas Cowboys are, are – known for giving these you know athletes like somebody to hang out with and um not saying that it's necessarily needed here but I just thought you know he he could have had something like that and I think he could have avoided a lot of situations I don't know if you remember Dennis Rodman and I can't remember the name of the guy right now but there was another player who went to every team that Dennis Rodman was on for that exact reason. <laughs> he had a spot on the team, and I cannot remember his name right now, but he was essentially, he was also, like, he was a bench player. Um, but he, if Rodman was signed, so was this guy. And I cannot remember his name right now, but he needed that. And it's right. it's why Dennis Rodman was able to have a successful career. Yeah, I mean, and there's just certain personalities that, you know, need, you know, sometimes they're just too emotional, and they don't, you know, always think things through. I mean, there's just certain personalities, and sometimes, like, I mean, we all have those moments where we're like, no, you know, and like you need your friend to make, hey, relax, you know? So I think, I mean, I think, at least I hope I'm a little bit more level-headed than that. But at the same time, like, I always, I think that this is a big thing in the sports world. And being able to identify it and know, it's, um, you know, it's certainly beneficial. So, you know, well, we'll see what happens. And I think Joe Williams is definitely, uh, he was my, I'm, I'm head over heels about that pick. I can't believe they got him at 
round four. I think he's going to be a monster, and I hope all the best for him. And I, I think he needs a little bit of stability. And I think the 49ers, what they're trying to create, they can do that for him. Absolutely. I like him a lot. I'm a big fan of his. And I, I just love Reuben Foster. Reuben Foster is... <laughs> just fabulous. We did a um, five fun facts, and someone said to me, they said, I think you might need to do like five fun facts with Reuben Foster like once a month. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's, well, he's very funny, and he's, he is. and I think that that's probably why he comes across a little immature because he's hilarious. He's <laughs> so funny. Like, this guy, like, you know, is he serious? You know, and you're, you're kind of wondering, but it's just his personality. I mean, he's just a very, you know, animated, likable, you know, funny guy. And I think that I can see the knocks on him being immature, but I don't see it like that. And I, and I, you know, I don't know what happened with regard to the, you know, disagreement or the kerfuffle with, um, <laughs> the hospital worker at the combine. But um, other than that, like, I just don't see it being, you know, that awful. But, you know, you know, a lot of it's just personality. And, it, and I think that Kyle Shanahan and um, Lynch were able to see through that, see through it and really see into this person, you know, and who he is as a person and as a footballer. Um, breaking news while we're recording this, it won't be breaking by the time, uh, this airs, but, uh, they just cut Dewan Harris. So running back Dewan Harris has been cut. And I think as we, it's in, as we were talking about Joe Williams. So, um, I think that's interesting. And that says a lot about the direction, which it's also interesting because they re-signed him last month. But, um, I think maybe during that time they didn't plan on, signing uh, or drafting Joe Williams. So it's very right. interesting. And, and they also like right now they're really heavy on running back. I mm-hmm. mean, they just really are. So, I mean, they're starting to see, you know, what they want to do and how they want to, you know, create this roster. And, you know, there's going to be more cuts and it's, it's hard, you know, because you like these guys and you want them to succeed. But even if they cut them, I mean, it doesn't mean that they can't, you know, come back to the practice squad or whatever, you know. But, you know, who knows? But I think also Lynch, because of his past football experience, knows that if these guys don't have a chance and and here, that, he, that they deserve a chance with another team. Yes. And I think he is fair about that like yeah and uh, getting cut is not an easy thing to go through but it's wouldn't you rather know now than down the road you know when when you don't have you know i just think he's giving them a fair shot at another team and another job and he did that with tory smith before free agency which i think was a really the right thing to do um so that was good i will be interesting to see what happens with vance you know there were all those rumors that they were looking to trade him, which they confirmed that there was some interest, but nothing ever came of it. But I've noticed since the draft on, I don't know if you follow Vance McDonald on social media, it's been a lot of Instagrams and tweets about lucky to be here, hashtag quest for six, <laughs> love being a niner. Um, it's, it's been a lot of that. I don't know that at the end of the day, it's going to help. I don't, I think if they want to cut him, then they're going to cut him. And I don't know that his social media is going to save him, but um, and I think Vance would, would end up getting picked up by another team. But there's just going to be a lot of changes. And I think next year's I mean, they are literally going to be the new look 49ers because we're not, it's going to be almost a, like almost a completely different team. 
then, which is not a bad thing, than of um, the past couple of years. But like I said, nobody is safe, and it, yeah. and, and that's fair. Yeah, and 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 I don't, and I I think that you know when you win what two games? Yeah, <laughs> I think that that's a pretty you know you know de- demonstrates that there should be some major shakeups, and there there and there even there shakeups even in the. You know, even in the executive, mm-hmm. I mean, when I read that John Lynch, what was his name? The, he was the... Uh, the director of pro part, scouting. Yeah, the pro scouting. So when you look at that, and he's his main job is to make sure that there's always debt. And I can say last year and the year before, I mean, these were major issues, and that was his one job to do so I like that they're making changes all around and they're really seeing that it's not just a it's not just about having talent you know on the roster it's about the whole organization and they are making moves and I like it like I like all that you know I think it's really good but they really know what they want I see clear direction like I said before so um, we'll see. I'm not a huge fan of Vance McDonald, if you know me. Like, yeah. I can barely, like, handle... I mean, he can make some really amazing plays, and then, two, and then he's just so inconsistent, and his drops kill me. I mean, there were some dimes to him, and he would just... They would just bounce off him, and I... That was hard for me to handle, like, it, especially when your, your team is completely, like, and, you know, awful. You sort of need those moments as a fan where you're like, okay, okay, well, that was good. <laughs> but he, you know, he would drop it, and it was just like, ugh, it was just awful. So, um, but we'll see. I mean, I'm not saying he can't get better. I just don't know. But now he has at least, um, he's he has some competition. Oh, he's definitely got some competition. I... I don't think Vance is going to make it onto this roster. I just, I just don't. I just think between um, Uzcheck and Kittle, and I just, I don't know. I mean, granted, it's not like there's so much depth. So he may, I mean, there's a chance he gets to stay on for depth, but I would not be the least bit surprised if Vance doesn't make it onto this roster. I just think there may be, that would be, that's my... Just that's my own feeling. I just think so many changes are being made, and um, I just think there are other people that they want to give an opportunity to. Granted, again, it's not like, I mean, it's funny because the tight end position was once a place where the 49ers had, like, a plethora of tight ends. Um, But even if he makes on the roster, I don't think he starts, and I don't even know how much playing time he would get. I mean, I remember there was the Green Bay game um, in 2015 where he dropped, like, the easiest pass and it was like you know cap was having a terrible game and then he was starting to get into a rhythm and he completed a couple good passes and then he he threw one to vance that was like i mean such an easy catch and he totally dropped it i know yeah and that was like and then that was the end of you know cap getting back into rhythm that game and i remember saying on twitter like catch the ball that's your job and someone argued with me and they're like he's mainly a blocking tight end and I was like, cool, they threw to him, therefore it's his job to catch the ball. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. But, like, it's when they throw to him, he's supposed to catch it. That's still his job. 
So, and the guy was like, okay, you make a, you make a fair point. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> just, that was always my, that's always my favorite <laughs> argument. Well, he's mainly a blocking tight end. Cool. They threw the ball to him. So not on that play. <laughs> so, not on that play with the catch the ball. Yeah, exactly. So fun fact. <laughs> and then I know there's like Selick and I don't know. I sort of think that like. Vance McDonald could be there for depth. You're right. I think for depth, yeah. Selleck, I would say, is definitely gone. I would say Blake Bell is for sure gone. Um, So Vance could stay for depth, but I don't know that he's going to see a lot of playing time. But I I really wouldn't be surprised. What I guess would be, I feel like they could trade him. Like, I think that could, I think he's definitely good. I don't know that he'll just get outright cut, but I think that he could be traded. Um, Pretty easily because there is because he is a good blocking tight end, um, and because sometimes he'll make a good play. I think there probably is a team out there that they could trade and get something for, even if it's picks next year. So yeah, who knows? I mean, yeah, I mean, I'd agree with that. Yeah, so and we'll I wouldn't see. have a problem. With no, <laughs> goodbye. Saying goodbye. Like, okay, oh. not. See you later. Not. I don't think Steph will be shedding a lot of tears <laughs> on that one. <laughs> You know, it's, it is hard, though, because it's like you talk about it, And like you said, getting cut isn't easy, and we forget. It's like in our lives, in our jobs, it's the same thing as getting fired or getting yeah. laid off. And it's a hard thing. It's it's different in, for, in that for many of these guys, they get cut and they can get signed somewhere else. So they'll quickly get a new job. Um, but, you know, was, when I was at uh, minicamp on Friday and Ricky minicamp, and there's like, you know, there were over 50 players trying out for spots on this team, not including the rookies and like the undrafted free agents and all that. And it's like you looking at all these guys and it's a little heartbreaking because you're like so few of you are going to make it. And this is like your opportunity of a lifetime. Right. And I think we forget that sometimes, but I mean, I know that's the breaks and, and that's life, but you know, kind of a little bit, you know, fangirls got a heart. (laughs) (laughs) no and I do too and you know like oh I know you do athletes for like a long time so I know I I know I mean especially like what injuries can do to them and it's tough and it and they are still people Mm -hmm. and I think that we have to sometimes put in that personal element and um you know, it's tough. I mean, I shouldn't be so mean. To no, no, you're not being mean. I don't think you're being mean at all. I think, but I also think the reality is, and this is the other side of that, if you're not good at your job in the real world, you get fired. You actually don't get kept for depth. Like you're, so um, right. that's, I think that's, there, there's the two sides of it. You know, I feel like there are the two, I just find it interesting, but I think I get it. I mean to Vance a lot and I and I don't even feel bad about it because I'm like you're be, you're being bad at your job right. <laughs> you yeah. know, the person I, that used I to kind of break my heart the person yeah. that, the person that kind of broke my heart was Blaine Gabbert because I was like you're not good at your job but you are doing the absolute best you can and doing everything you can to be better mm-hmm. and it's just the best you can do and that always made me like that kind of like and he's still I mean so much better than like most other people would ever be on a football field but, um, you know, that was the one that one always broke my heart. Cause I was like, I know you're doing your best you can and trying is like doing everything in your power to be the best you can be, but this is the best you can be Poor Blaine. That's probably true of Vance too. I don't 
sometimes I just felt like he just wouldn't follow through and he was being lazy on on his routes. And I felt like he wasn't even, sometimes like I felt like he would run the wrong route. I'm like, where the hell is he going? Oh. <laughs> like you can see the ball. Um. So I always was like, is he paying attention? Like, is he getting it or does he not get it? I don't know. It, it, I, I am puzzled about Vance McDonald. <laughs> I have no clue. That should be the name of your autobiography. I'm puzzled about back Vance McDonald. Um, no, not only not not only sometimes did he run the wrong routes. A lot of times. <laughs> yeah, and he would just go on the different. Like I'm like, where is he at? And then people are, and then people would scream at Cap and say. He was wide open. It's like, yeah, because he didn't run the right way. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was just like, this is just bananas. Like, it just, I don't know. It was the major league of... Uh, <laughs> oh, God, so many times. So many times it was like the major league of uh, football and that 49ers team. I think yeah. that's something next year that... I listen. I don't think they're going to be awesome. I think they'll have five or six wins, and I think that would be fine. That would be, but I think they'll be better and they'll be more fun to watch. Um, but I don't think they're going to look like the Bad News Bears or like Major League anymore. I think they're going to look like a real football team that's being that's building, that's building their chemistry, that's building a vision, that's building their scheme, and it's just going to take a little time to get there. But I think mm-hmm. that's for the first time in a long time. You're not going to be being like, what is going on out there? Because, and you know, and they never looked like they knew what was going on out there. And some of that was probably coaching. Probably some of it was not putting the work in. There's various factors. But I like I felt with the defense the last couple years that the only people confused by the 49ers defense was the 49ers defense. Like everybody else figured it out. <laughs> the the 49ers defense themselves seemed confused by what they were supposed to be doing. Um, cause I remember that was the whole thing with Mangini is that he was going to confuse defense, confuse offenses, but I think yeah. all he did was confuse his own players. <laughs> um, and I think Jim O'Neill, same thing. Um, so we'll see. I think it's going to be, um, at least a much more fun year, a much more enjoyable, interesting year. And you'll watch a game. They're not, they may not win a lot of them, but I think they'll be in them. And we'll see, like, a real football team being built. And that's something we haven't seen in quite some time. And it's an exciting thing, you know. Like, um, you know, obviously I'm not a fan of the Raiders. But, you know, you see a lot of them just because of their proximity. Well, for, for a few <laughs> years. For now. <laughs> <laughs> but you see a lot of what, I mean, they went from, you know, being lost in three years. And then they actually had a, you know, a playoff team, caliber team, a good mm-hmm. team. And that was exciting to watch and interesting to actually see it built back up. And I, I sort of, you know, for a long time, the 49ers were pretty bad. But that 2011 to 2014 run was pretty good. Mm-hmm. And um, those are what, like, seeing that as a fan, it's like, it's like oh, here we go. We're, we're getting to see this, and we're getting it to be built up again. And I think that's what this fan base needs. It's probably what I need, you know? I mean, because by the end of the last year, I was, I didn't even care that much. And I, that's probably the first time in my life I haven't cared, you know, about the 49ers in that sense. But that's where I think that some of the – where – the, some of the players, if they knew they weren't going to go for, further and they weren't sure about what their position was, what they're doing out there, 
I don't think that they're really putting in 100% and willing to wit- risk everything. And I think that now that when they're starting to build, you're going to see people play more hard. You're going to see people follow through with their tackles. And you're going to see people, you know, not just play for the, you know, the name on their back, but for, you know, their team. And I think that's important. So I'm excited about, you know, the possibilities and I want to see this get rebuilt and I'm excited to, you know, watch it for this next couple of years. And my, my uncle said to me last night, he's been a lifelong 49er fan. He said for the first time in a long time, like you said, I'm excited. And so yeah. there's something to be said for that for sure. Yeah, hundred percent. I'm excited. I'm like trying not to be too delusional. <laughs> like, oh my god, you know, like <laughs> we're gonna win. But like, you, you know, and I said that I even tweeted that out. I think I'm like, slap me if I become like totally like you know delusional. <laughs> but you know, I'm really excited. I'm I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful too. I think I think we're gonna see a very different football team, and I think in the next two to three years we're going to see a pretty competitive football team. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, so we shall see. Well, thank you, Steph. It has been fun as always. Yeah, it was good to finally talk about the draft. I mean, get our opinions out there, and uh, it should be fun. It should be fun for sure. All right, guys, we will definitely talk to you next time. Um, go Niners! Go Niners! <laughs>